Ruth chapter number 2 and verse number 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, I bow in your presence in the name of Jesus, and I want to thank you for the privilege that I have to be here again in this meeting. How you blessed today, Lord, in all the money that's been pledged and raised. To God be the glory. And I praise you, God, for how you anointed your men to preach and uh, today and these singers to sing. And what a good sweet spirit there's been around here. We know the devil's a fighting and he always does. But thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I plead the blood of Christ tonight over my own soul. Lord, search me out. Purge me personally from anything, attitude or action, omission or commission of anything that's grieved the Lord. Help me, Lord, to be clean and I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God, without you, I can do absolutely nothing. I'm praying for your touch and your help. I pray God for this congregation and I know that many here already, they've been in service all day and they're weary. But refresh us Lord with your sweet breath and God get glory to yourself and we'll praise you for all you do for us. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I want to preach tonight on a little word that's here in verse number three. Uh, It's the word hap. H-A-P. And I'm interested in that phrase, and her hap, and her hap. This is the only time in your King James Bible that you find this little word hap. And those who know Hebrew tell us that what's stated here when it says and her hap is simply her hap happened. Her hap happened. Her lot met her. Her hap was to light on a certain field, amen, light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Now, that was her hap. It just happened that she landed there in Boaz Field on this day. Well, what I ask you, is this luck? Is this mere chance? Oh, I want to say, I believe, brother and sister, there's something more working here than chance or luck. 
Now Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, and you have to take, uh, my friend, to realize what he's writing uh, from the perspective of all that's under the sun and uh, writing how a carnal man, a natural man looks at a lot of things. The Bible said there that time and chance happeneth unto all. But I want to say our God is not a God of chance. Bless God, he never has been, uh, my friend, slipped upon uh, by something that happened that caught him uh, unawares. And I say when she happened uh, to land in Boaz's field uh, that God was at work, amen, even behind the scenes. And I bless his name tonight. So as we think about this message, and it'll be short tonight, I I want you to think about three things here as we look at this text. Number one, I want to first of all consider the person here. The person before us where it says her hap, amen, she hap and her hap was. The person, of course, is Ruth. Ruth, well, as you think about Ruth, I first of all think about her history. She was a Moabite. The Moabite, of course, came from the incestuous uh, relation between Lot and his daughters. And here is an accursed people. Here is a people that my friend wouldn't even have the right to come into the temple until the 10th generation. I mean a cursed race. Deuteronomy 23, 3 says, An Ammonite and a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord even to their 10th generation. Shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Her history was that she was from a cursed people. She was not of Israel. My friend, she was from a foreign land. Out of the land, my friend, she'd come oh my soul with her mother-in-law into the land of Israel. Her history. Brother and sister, and then I think about something more. Her history, her heartbreak. Her heartbreak, well, her husband died and she became a widow as a young person. A widow and my soul, how she grieved and how it broke her heart like you would expect it to do. And my friend, you look at the book of Ruth and and you can see her heart. My friend is tender. Her heart is humble. That seems to be her nature. And I would think about her uh, when this happened. I think about for all the heartache and the heartbreak of losing her husband. But then I say, not only her heartbreak, but then her hopelessness. Well, she not only lost her husband, but my friend, she lost her brother-in-law. And her brother-in-law, my friend, could have taken the place of her husband uh, if he had been living, but she had no one. She had been gone from her home for 10 years and there was nothing to go back to. So she had heartbreak and she was hopeless and she was from a cursed race. Man, when I began to look like look at that, I get to thinking about where God found me. I 
was without hope and without God in this world. But oh my soul, I'm glad the providence of God brought me to a place where I could enter in to the field of amazing grace. Her hopelessness. And then I want to mention her hunger. Her hunger. And she had heard along with Naomi, that Jehovah had visited his people with bread. Oh yes, found out the Lord had showed up there in Bethlehem. And my friend, the grain harvest, uh, I was flourishing uh, and all my soul and God had uh, turned in favor toward his people and gave them bread. I'll tell you what she heard about that and I think that significant uh, that she at this time uh, began to hunger to know the heart of the Lord that gives his people bread. She wanted to know something about Naomi's God. Naomi's God had remembered them and had returned to them and had renewed to them of the bread. And oh, there was a hunger stirred in her heart. And I believe that hunger was stirred by her helper. And that was Naomi. I'm sure Naomi, my friend, loved these daughter-in-laws. I'm sure she witnessed to them. But times I'm sure she told about the things of the Lord and and I'm sure she related to her, my friend, over the years, for 10 years or more, no doubt witnessing to her daughters-in-law. And But they all three, Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws, hey, they all became widows. And my friend, and they loved each other and would hope uh, help one another and certainly her helper here uh, Naomi began to uh, speak to them both and hey one of them responded favorably that is Ruth but the other went back hey hey but Ruth didn't have nothing to go back to there's nothing back there for her my friend and so she made up her mind uh, my friend to embrace uh, a faith in the God of Israel Amen. And she headed out of following her mother-in-law into the land of Bethlehem. Well, her helper, her hope. Oh, she left Moab and she's coming to a new land. She's embracing a new Lord. She's looking for a new life. Amen. And my friend, I'm telling you what, and you find that when she cuts that gets there, uh, that she's expecting uh, to find uh, somebody that'll show grace to her. You read here in verse number two. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. She come into the promised land. Hey, hey, she's coming with faith in a new Lord. She's coming to a new land. Oh, yes, she's expecting a new 
new life. And where she's going to find it is in a field, amen, where the owner is full of grace. Oh my soul, you make the application. Hey, 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 friend. Hadn't God done that for us? Oh yes, her hope. But then number seven, her hap. Her hap. Well, look at that little word, hap. So we consider, number one, the person here. But when we look at the word hap, we have to consider the providence here. Oh, don't go and get nervous. I'm not a hyper-Calvinist by no means of the word. I'm telling you what, I believe in whosoever will can be saved by, amen. I don't believe God predestinates people to hell. I, I don't believe that. Hey, hey, I believe in a whosoever will. That being said, yet God is a God of sovereignty. And man is a, are creatures of responsibility. And God so sovereignly endowed man with a will. Amen. A, a volition. Hey, hey, God endowed man with a will. And the sovereign God decided to limit himself in dealing with man with his will. Now listen, God's told that crowd over there, and I'm running a rabbit right here. He told that crowd, he told those he, people of God uh, that had, uh, you know, sin there in the wilderness. He said, ye have limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they limit their unbelief? Limits God. He said, whosoever will. God's a perfect gentleman. He doesn't kick down the door. He doesn't force his salvation. God is looking for somebody to love him. And love, I didn't know if you know this or not, love is a choice. You can't love somebody without exercising your will. God did not make us a bunch of robots programmed. Oh no, he gave us a volition. He gave us a will. But our God is so sovereign. Oh, my soul, he's a God of a providence. And divine providence, I say, divine providence brought Ruth to the place where she would meet Boaz. You know, when you think about the land in that day, the only way they had division of land was by little Karens little stacks of stone here and there would be the landmarks that would mark the property. They wasn't no fences and, and posts and by friends, surveyors out there. They was just, you, when you walked out and saw all of these fields of grain, whose field is where? I don't think... I don't think, Ruth, for a moment, my friend knew uh, whose field she is going into. She just walking that way. 
Amen. But can I tell you, the Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I believe my friend, she walking out, I don't know if she's a whistling, I don't know what she's thinking about, but she just catches her eye and looks over there and I said, I believe I go over that way. And the Bible says her hap was, amen. Yes, sir. The Bible said and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. It probably didn't make any difference to Ruth where she would glean, but her hap was to light on that field belonging unto Boaz. She didn't plant it. No, sir, but God did. Hey, God's, hey, God's got this thing planned out. In fact, God's looking at this thing from eternity. He sees it all done, complete. He's God of the past, God of the present, and God of the future all at the same time. He encompasses eternity, and God's looking at this thing, amen, from every way you can think of. And I like that because the devil has his schemes, but he can't get around the plan of God. Amen. Well, anyway, she hadn't planned it, but her hap was arranged by divine providence. Oh, yes. Her hap. Her hap. Oh, yes. Her hap determined. That hap determined her future. That hap determined her marriage to Boaz. Her hap determined her wealth. It determined her happiness, her position in the genealogy of Christ. Hey, her hap determined all of this came as a result of her hap, divine providence. Now, let me say this. The Son of God, the Son of God, our Lord and our Savior, must come into the world as a descendant of Boaz and Ruth. God planned it before the foundation of the world. He had the plan. He purposed it from eternity. The coming of Christ was no afterthought with God. He's called the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Yet uh, Boaz and Ruth would have never met, would have never wed, Unless her hap happened. And I'm saying her hap happened and that hap happened to be God's purpose, God's plan, and God's providence. So let's look at that a little more. So Ruth, listen at this. So Ruth just happened to end up in the field of Boaz who just happened to be a near kinsman, who just happened to think she's pretty good looking, who just happened, amen, to fall in love with her, who just happened to marry her, who just happened to have a little baby boy, 
who just happened to be the grandfather of David, amen, who just happened to be in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a whole lot of happenings. I'm glad God can cover all bases and her hap- happened in the divine will of God, the plan and providence of God. That meeting in that field that day outside of Bethlehem had been planned by God way back in eternity past. Ruth's very steps were guided by the Lord. Providence caused her hap to happen. I was thinking about luck again. The Bible said uh, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. What's that talking about? Well, it's like, well, I guess the best way we would understand, like rolling the dice. Hey, hey, the lot is cast in the lap, but the whole God, amen, he can make that turn out just like he wants to. I'm te- and guess what? He don't, he, he don't have to check up with me to see if I think it's all right or not. Hey, God is a sovereign God. Don't hate. Hey, listen, we, I know where I'm at. I know I'm, I'm in, in folk that believe just like I do. But don't get afraid of the sovereignty of God. That just means he has all power, all knowledge, all presence, all the time. He's God. He's God. He's God. So don't get, don't get all nervous about sovereignty. Come on now. Hey, other providences through the scriptures of where you can find, maybe not the word, but you can see the principle where haps happened. I was thinking about, I was thinking about this uh, on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22. I just thinking about, amen, oh Abraham with his uh, boy bound on the altar and his knife lifted to slay his son. But there was on that mountain just happened to be just, woo, just happened to be a ram caught by his horns in a thicket. Hey, hey. I believe my friend Joe Arthur said it the best. I believe while Isaac and Abraham was going up one side of the mountain that God had a ram going up the other side of the mountain. I'm telling you what, a God has in place, amen, what will supply our every need in his providence. You can trust in him. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, Abraham's ram's tap was to be caught by his horns. That just happened. That just happened. Oh, oh wasn't, wasn't Isaac lucky? Ain't no luck there, friend. That's divine providence. Abraham said, God will supply, will provide himself a lamb. And he did. Oh yeah, well, Genesis 24. I see old, uh, I see the servant of Abraham. Elias are going in to find Isaac a bride. And uh, I'll tell you what, he got there to the well and old Eliezer was praying. And guess what? Rebecca's hap was to just come to the well 
Amen. While Elimelech was praying. Oh, yes. And he said, daughter, let me have a little water. Hey, hey. And she gave this stranger water and then offered to water his camels. He just prayed and asked God about that. Hey, she could have went to the well any time of day, but her hap happened on that day. Her hap happened. Bless God. And she became the bride of Isaac. I was thinking about Joseph. Joseph's hap was to be in prison. That ain't too good, is it? All these haps aren't so nice. But he's in prison. He's been sold into slavery. That was his hap. That was sour. Uh, And now he's in prison for something he didn't do. That was his hap. But he happened to be in prison when Pharaoh dreamed a dream and was troubled and nobody could answer it. But my friend, one of them he'd had locked up had had some experience with old Joseph and said, there's an old Hebrew slave down there in the prison. Hey, that's got an unusual understanding of dreams. And hey, hey, his hap was my friend to be there. I'm telling you what, when a king needed a dream interpreted, oh yeah. And then can I say, his hap was to be on the throne second only to Pharaoh in Egypt when the world was facing a starvation. I'm telling you what, this was God's happening. Providence, providence. Hey, what about what about on in the Exodus, baby Moses? He he is put in an ark of bulrushes, pitched within and without with pit. <laughs> she just committed him to the river. Didn't know if going to. I mean, she committed him to the river. Oh yeah, but you see, his hap was, amen. About the time Pharaoh's daughter uh, come down with her maidens to bathe herself. And she sees this little uh, ark of bulrushes. Sends one of her maids out over it. And, and I, it just happened to be at the same time she had come down to the river. I mean, I said it just happened to be, amen, that when they took that lid off and that baby, I'm telling you what, he laid out the most pitiful, most sorrowful, most pathetic cry that would melt any a mama's heart or any woman's heart and he just happened, amen, to be adopted. Oh, yes, and the, the providence of God made the devil pay for his upbringing, uh, pay for his education. Uh, hallelujah. I like it when God makes it where the devil has to pay for it. He can, he can do that. I, I mean, really, he did that. He, he, isn't that amazing that, that uh, Mir- Miriam just happened to be nearby? <laughs> and she just happened to run over there and say, hey, you want me to go get one of them Hebrew mamas to come and, and nurse that baby? Oh, she done fell in love with Oh, yeah. And so they paid Moses' mama 
amen, to nurse him, to mother him, to teach him, to train him. Before he ever started the school of Egypt, he'd been, been in mama's lap learning about God, the God. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, God stays ahead of the devil. Don't you know it irked the devil knowing that he was paying for the upbringing of the man that was going to deliver and defeat? I'm telling you, his hap happened. Well, I was thinking about Elijah. He's one of my favorite characters. Elijah had gave his word to Ahab and God sent him to Cherith. And he went down there and, the, and uh, while he was there, God said he'd take care of him. When he got there, just happened to be in the morning and in the evening, there was a bunch of old ravens or crows flying in with breakfast in the morning and supper in the evening. And it, hey, and it just happened that they had, amen, enough to feed that prophet all of that time. Hey, that was a providence of God. Well, the brook dried up and God told Elijah, he said, now arise and go to Zarephath. For I have commanded a widow woman to feed thee there. What I like about it, this widow woman, my friend, her hap was on this day, she said, it's all over. There's one handful of meal left. And they go get me the barrel, Brother Randy. <laughs> there. There's one handful, that's all she is. One handful, just a few drops of oil. I'm going to go out. Son, I'm headed out. Go see if I can find me a couple sticks to make us one more biscuit so we can eat it and die. Oh, she's headed out uh, toward the gate. I know she's going out of the city to try to find the sticks, but the Bible says when Elijah showed up at Zarephath, guess who's the first one he ran into? Her hap was uh, to be right there. Amen. And he says, fetch me a little water. And well, that's he's a stranger, but she goes to get to water and he said, why you at it? How about bringing me a piece of bread? Bringing me a biscuit. Says, huh. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth. She knew that Jehovah was alive. That's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. She knew something about the Lord. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a, thy handmaid hath not a, a, a barrel of meal. I've just got a little little handful of meal and I got a little oil in a cruise and we're going to make one more biscuit for me and my son that we might eat it and die. He said, hey, go ahead, but make me a biscuit first. He doesn't say biscuit, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but he didn't just leave her hanging there. This guy, well, he'd never seen him before, but he gave her a promise. For thus saith the Lord God, Amen. The barrel of meal shall not waste and the, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. My friend, although she could not have done it just by being kind, but she embraced the word of God and she went, hallelujah, and made him a cake first. I like to think about I love preaching on Elijah. Y'all know I do. And old Elijah... Here she comes, and I'm sure the devil jumped on her. You gonna give that preacher your last biscuit? You know you got the last handful. 
You make it him. You didn't see that. You turn that oil cruise up. You got the last. And you're going to give that backslid preacher your biscuit. But she had a promise. And she embraced the promise. So she went and by faith, amen. Hallelujah. He said, now go make for thee and thy son. Bless God, he had, she, I'm sure the devil said, you, you've been, ha uh, you've been snookered sure enough. This is a, a flim flam artist and he's come to town and got your last meal. But she had a promise. And she said, because of the promise. And she went back in there, hallelujah. And I don't want to blow up any instruments or anything, uh, but she looked down in that barrel. It's awful dark. Nothing seen in there, but she got to a reaching down around in there and a feeling around in there. And whoo, her eyes got real bright. On, hey, hey. And she said, whoo, I got another handful. Went over that cruise all and turned it up. Woo! Hallelujah! She made a bit. Made a biscuit. And the Bible said, and I love this, and she and he and her house did eat. Many days. It did, it, it did not say she and he and Elijah. It said she and he and her house. I just got a feeling, I don't know, I'm kind of reading between the lines. I got a feeling they were shouting down there at the widow's house three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and supper. And the neighbor said, what's going on? I don't know. But here comes somebody knocking at the door, said, have you got anything left? We've run out of everything. Oh, my soul. Maybe some old man, my friend hadn't ate in days and days and days, knocks on the door, said, ma'am, said, I hadn't ate and it seemed like weeks. Have you got anything for a poor man? And she said, well, come on in, sir. Come on in. I'll go to my kitchen. And uh, by the way, the title of that message is Glory in the Kitchen. Sit down, sir, right there. Said, I'm going to go ahead and check my meal, Barra. Said, the last time I, I got what looked like was the last handful. But you just sit right there. I'll check it one more time. <laughs> Woo! Got another handful. Well, I poured that all out. I got the last of it out. Hallelujah. And that little widow's house become a soul feeding station. Uh, they got to light it up at the door. They were shouting uh, in the house of God because there's bread. And it all happened because she just happened to meet Elijah at the gate. Amen. Glad you mentioned that. I just wanted to preach it one more time. What about Esther? 
when she came to the kingdom, her happened. She happened to be carried away with the rest of the virgins. And at her happened, she came to the kingdom for such a time as this. God had providentially put her in that place. Well, you say, oh, that's Old Testament. Let me give you a good one in the New Testament. What about Zacchaeus? <laughs> oh, Zac- oh, Zacchaeus. <laughs> he just happened to be up a sycamore tree. When Jesus came by, oh, what a difference when Jesus came by. Hallelujah. And then I think about the woman at Samaria. Well, the rest of the women, they all went out and got water in the morning or late in the evening. Nobody went in the middle of the day too hot. But because she was a woman of ill repute, she went out in the middle of the day. But my friend, her hap was (laughs) to come and see a stranger sitting on Jacob's well. Amen. And all her hap was before she left there that day, she left her water pot and took the well home with her. That's their hap. (laughs) These are just a few examples of providence in the scriptures. Matthew Henry said this, I quote, Many a great affair is brought about by a little turn, which seem fortuitous. I mean, look to us, but was directed by providence with design. Amen. Wow, what an impact, a little turn or event can have on a life. Just a little turn, a little event 